pert, sassy, and although about to turn nineteen, still full of mischief, Chelsea Halloway stood before the headmistress of Strubit's finishing school. Mrs. Farthing sighed. I hold you, in spite of your rebellious nature, in great affection, my dear girl. And do not think you can tease me with those bright silver eyes. She took a long strand of Chelsea's gold-lit auburn hair and sighed again. No, Mrs. Farthing, but no buts. We must deal with the situation now. Yes, Mrs. Farthing, but Mrs. Farthing sighed loudly once more and repeated. No buts. It is now beyond my scope to do anything more about this. You shouldn't be here, at school. You should be enjoying your London season. Oh my, but this situation is shameful. When Chelsea had lost her parents at age fourteen, her guardianship had gone to her uncle, who had looked after her fortune and doted on her until his death the year before. Responsibility for Chelsea had then passed to her aunt, a young widow determined not to grieve, no more than thirty, attractive, vain, and selfish. Augustus Halloway had scarcely bothered with Chelsea in the past year. She'd even left Chelsea to amuse herself at school over Christmas, as she was busy gadding about. Outraged, Mrs. Farthing had taken Chelsea home with her. I won't go to her, Chelsea said heatedly. She doesn't really want me. And why should I go where I am not wanted? She put up her chin. I shall set up an establishment of my own. There is nothing in Papa's will that prohibits me from doing that. Perhaps not, but you do not get control of your immediate inheritance until you are one and twenty, or married. In the meantime, your trustee would have to agree to such a scheme. And let me assure you, Chelsea, he will not. It just isn't done. Well, my aunt doesn't want me underfoot. She would be happy to set me loose. Well, be that as it may, I think she's smart enough to know that she would be severely criticised by the members of the town for it, and I don't think she wants that either. You will have to go to your aunt for the time being. Mrs. Farthing tried to pat Chelsea's hand, but she was already pacing away. Who is my trustee, please? asked Chelsea. Your dear father's friend, Lord Rupert Lytton. Is he also living in London? Well, I'm not certain. I know he resides in London now and then, but... Chelsea interrupted. I shall apply to him. My dear, do you not think I already did that? I inquired if there was anyone more suitable than your frivolous aunt to see to your season, and he said there was not. However, it was his influence that prompted your aunt to send for you. I dare say he threatened to withdraw the handsome allowance your father's will allows your guardian. I shall write to him and implore his lordship. Where does he reside? Lytton House in Lymington. But Chelsea. Dear Mrs. Farthing, you are not to worry about me. I won't do anything rash, Chelsea assured her. Then you will pack and make ready to leave, as your aunt wrote that she expects me to send you right to her. Yes, immediately, agreed Chelsea. I do hate to lose you, my dear, but it is your time to enter the done. Take your rightful place, make a good marriage, and enjoy your womanhood. A time for being a child is done. Chelsea smiled affectionately at her. I understand, she said, and then added under her breath as she left the room. Ha! Not if I can help it. Here. Take this, quickly, Chelsea whispered as she threw her portmanteau down from her window. She then proceeded to lower the knotted sheets that she had tied to a sturdy side-table leg 
out the window. Careful, you silly chit, her cohort admonished as Chelsea wrapped her hands and legs around the sheet. She was hampered by the folds of her long skirt, but managed through sheer determination to hold onto the sheet. She closed her eyes and made her way down from her second-story bedroom, dangling at times, and afraid she wouldn't be able to hold on. The sheet stopped about eight feet short of the grass, but it was close enough, and with her partner in crime urging her to hurry, she made the jump. She giggled from a combination of nerves and accomplishment upon landing, and the young man who held her one piece of luggage snorted and said, You are a complete hand. Am I, Sam? Is that not good? If you were a man, I, that would be good. But you are not. You are a woman, and nearly nineteen. And here you are helping me even so, she said on a short laugh. Because you are a twiddle-poop that cannot be left to her own devices, he answered. What an unhandsome thing to say.